Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 193, nine podcasting news highlights from September 2014. Welcome back to another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting, where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. September was a big month for podcasting, and I want to have an episode then to highlight some of the things, just in case you missed them, of the news items for podcasting that came out in September 2014, and how I think about some of these different items. So these nine news items, I have links and in some cases embedded video and screenshots in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 193 if you'd like to follow along or get any of these links that I mention. But this is in chronological order, not order of what I think is the most important. But first thing was WordPress 4.0 came out as an update. It may sound like this is a big update because any jump from a three dot something to a four dot something sounds like a big update, but this is really just another incremental update. So they're going from 3.9 to 4.0. They're treating it as just a 0.1 update instead of doing the 3.10, 3.11, 3.12, that kind of thing, which can get confusing sometimes, but so does also sometimes jumping from a three number to a four number. But there are some really nice updates in this, and I have, after thorough testing, I have updated all of my websites to WordPress 4.0, especially NoodleMix Network, because there are so many moving parts to NoodleMix Network that I really have to put aside some time to test some things make sure everything still works properly. But the four major parts of the WordPress 4.0 update are as follows. The number one is the scrolling page slash post editor. This is so, so wonderful to me that I wonder why haven't they thought of this before? What has probably happened, and you may feel my pain with this too, if you're writing a long page or a post in the WordPress editor, and then you need to format some text. You have to scroll all the way back up to the top of the screen in order to press that formatting button and then scroll back down to where your text is. Or even more annoying, you may end up with a sort of double scrolling problem that depending on where your mouse cursor is, you may be scrolling either just your content window or just your editing interface that has all of the widgets and your content window in this smaller little box. It would get so annoying. Like I would want to jump to the end of a post and I would scroll down, I would scroll too much, and I'd end up scrolling past the actual post content editing section, and I'd be looking down at my other widgets at the bottom of my widget editor. Really annoying stuff. Now, WordPress 4.0 has fixed this by having a scrolling editor that maintains the format of your text and other options for inserting text into your page or your post. It keeps that at the top of the screen, no matter how far down you scroll while you're still viewing your content editor. And the content editor expands then to the size of your content. So you're not having to scroll inside a window inside of a scrollable page. It's now just scrolling once and that applies to everything. This is 
Oh, I love this so much. I'm so glad they implemented this. It makes it so much more wonderful in working with longer posts. That's feature number one. Feature number two is the multimedia embed has been drastically improved that it now previews for you in your post editor. WordPress could already automatically embed certain media into your posts. Like if you put a YouTube URL or a Vimeo URL or a SlideShare URL, certain URLs like that, it would use this technology called OEmbed that they have. And from certain sites, all you would have to do to embed it into your page or post is just put in the plain text URL in its own paragraph. You didn't even have to do this in the text editor or the HTML editor. You could do this in the plain visual editor as long as it was unformatted and it was on its own paragraph. Then WordPress would automatically turn that URL into an embed. You could do this with tweets, videos, certain audio things. It was really nice. But to see how that would look, you would have to press the preview option and open a new tab, load your site, and then you would get to see that that video or audio or whatever kind of multimedia it was embedded properly into your post. With WordPress 4.0, it now previews this embed right inside of your editor. And I really like how a particular plugin that I use called Fluid Video Embeds, how it enhances this by also showing this particular embed for video at the full size of the editor. So I get to see, oh yeah, that's going to take up the full width instead of what WordPress would do by default is it would just embed it by display according to whatever the standard size is. But Fluid Video Embeds plugin is my favorite plugin for embedding responsive videos into a responsive website design. A little bonus there for you. That's a separate plugin though. That's not part of WordPress 4.0. What is part of 4.0 is the media embedding in your editor. So the way this works is when you have a URL, like a YouTube URL, you just paste it in. And as soon as that URL is pasted into your editor, it displays a little box and then it generates a preview for you so that then you can see what it would look like when you publish. You no longer have to click the preview button to see how it would look. This can also alert you to the fact that maybe there's an error in your embed URL or anything like that. So you don't have to copy that embed code off of these sites. WordPress 4.0 now makes it a lot more easy to see what you're actually embedding. That's feature number two. Feature number three is a better plugin installation workflow. Finding and picking the right plugins could be really difficult with previous versions because you would just see this plain list of plugins. Well, in WordPress 4.0, it's a lot more attractive of a list. You get to see a bit more information about each plugin and a preview a little bit. And when you click on a plugin, you get the detailed view that can show you more information now, like the reviews, what other people have said about this particular plugin. You now see that when you're right about to install a plugin. So you no longer have to go visit wordpress.org in order to get those details for the plugin. I think that makes it really easy for when you're searching for just the right plugin to use. Then feature number four is an easier media library management system. Before listing all of the media inside of WordPress, when you went to the media library, looked like just a post list plus the photos on the side. You couldn't see a lot of photos on the screen. You'd get a lot of text. If you're in your media library, most likely what you want to see is media, not text. 
So WordPress 4.0 created a new grid view that displays a lot more pictures and displays them in a lot more attractive way. When you click on each photo, then you have more options and more details that you can edit. That makes it really easy, I think, to manage your media. This is from the Media Library, which is a separate tab, not necessarily the same thing you see when you embed a photo into your post, but when you're managing all the photos that are in your WordPress site. So those four options and much more are part of the WordPress 4.0 update that I do really, really like. I think these are some great improvements and some things that uh, will be really beneficial and help you blog or podcast much easier. Another news item is the Podcast Awards was purchased by New Media Expo. Todd Cochran has pretty much single-handedly run the International Podcast Awards for nine years, and we're coming up on the 10th annual International Podcast Awards. That's really exciting. And Todd is passing the Podcast Awards on to New Media Expo. This makes a lot of sense because the awards ceremonies have often been at New Media Expo events. It's been under many different names in the past. But this makes a lot of sense for New Media Expo to acquire the awards. But also, I think this is a great thing for podcasters and the podcasting awards because New Media Expo, at least in 2015, will be alongside National Association of Broadcasters, NAB. This is like the Consumer Electronics Show specifically for broadcasters. There will be TV personalities there. There will be news broadcasting companies and equipment providers, a lot of stuff that will be way out of our budgets as podcasters. But it can inspire us. It can give us ideas. And there will be those things here and there that we'll find that might be within our budget and ways that some of these big broadcasting companies want to reach out to us, the podcasters. So having New Media Expo along with NAB together in the same space is absolutely wonderful. The podcast awards being in that space and purchased by New Media Expo fits really well because that means all of the publicity that New Media Expo will be bringing to its podcasting track, I mentioned something really cool about that in a moment, but all of that publicity will also extend to podcast awards. So the podcast awards will get more attention from traditional media personalities and media producers who are already there for the National Association of Broadcasters. So I think this could bring a lot more of this traditional media attention to the podcast awards as maybe a news broadcaster will be there and they'll think, huh, these are some great podcasts that are in the nominations or these winners I wonder if maybe there could be a radio show from this, or maybe we could work out some sort of other syndication model or whatever kind of partnership opportunity there might be. I think this makes it much bigger. So big congratulations to everyone involved. The awards will change a little bit. I have some suggestions for them that I'll be sending in ways to make the awards simpler. But Rick has said that at least in this first year, Rick Calvert, that is CEO of New Media Expo has said that in this first year, the awards will be very similar to previous years. Already, though, we've heard that a new category will be Podcasting Hall of Fame, which is really cool to give special attention to those who have been kind of like the founding fathers of podcasting. And there will be other ways that the podcast awards will change over time. 
maybe there will be a jury style nomination and voting process for a certain category. Maybe it will remain the people's choice where it's a vote every day, which is not a popularity contest. It's a little side tangent here. If you went purely by single number of votes, that's a popularity contest. But if you go by the daily vote system, yes, you have to ask more of your audience, but then a more passionate, engaged audience can outperform a larger, less engaged audience. That's how I won the podcast awards, really, is my audience was not as big as some of the others in the finalists in 2012, but my audience was more engaged. And so they helped me win the podcast award. Really cool. Congratulations to Todd, to Rick, to everyone that will be involved in that. I'm looking forward to continuing to support the podcast awards. And I'm looking forward to that special ceremony at New Media Expo, the 10th ceremony. I think it'll be big. If you can make it to New Media Expo, I highly recommend it. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX to purchase your ticket. I may have a promo code for you a little bit later on, but we'll see about that. Maybe later in October, November or so. And by the way, the voting and nominations won't start until January 2015 which I think makes a lot of sense and works really well. So podcast awards, nominations start in January, voting probably starts in February, and then the actual award ceremony will be held in the middle of April at the New Media Expo. Next news item from September is that iOS 8 and the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus launched. What's really big about this for podcasting is that the podcast app comes pre-installed. It's pre-installed on all of those new devices, and iOS 8 includes the podcast app pre-installed with the update. So even if you have a previous generation iOS device, like an iPhone, an iPod, or an iPod Touch, that is, or an iPad, if it was on iOS 7 or iOS 6, you update iOS 8, and the podcast app is installed for you. I think this will be huge for podcasting, maybe not right away because people aren't going to immediately see a new icon and immediately think, oh, I wonder what this is. I'm going to subscribe to a new podcast. That won't happen. But what will happen is it brings more attention to podcasting and more people will see, oh, I have a button on my phone already that allows me to subscribe to podcasts. So when you have the conversation with people about podcasts, if they have an iPhone, a more recent iPhone, they might say, oh yeah, you know, I saw a podcast button on my phone and I wondered what that was. It kind of goes to a kind of Christian idea where they say that some plant others water, but God produces the increase, where it's that each little bit makes an impact on someone. And with the podcast app now pre-installed in iOS 8, I think that presents just another little hint at podcasting to people who may have never, ever seen a podcast or heard of podcasts before. They'll see that and it just, it's a little thing to them. And then later on when someone mentions it, then they'll have a little bit more recognition. But what's really cool about this is it means that podcasts are now more prominent and more accessible to more than 500 million iOS users. If nothing else, I think this will at least help people become a little bit more familiar with podcasts and maybe in some way a little bit curious about podcasts. 
but I don't expect this to make a spike in our stats, and I haven't really seen any kind of major spike in podcast stats either. So that's the iOS 8 and iPhone 6 launch in September. I wrote a blog post about this, including what I thought Apple Watch might do in the podcasting space and certain other things, like specifically iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus, a little comparison between the two of them. But I blogged about that. You can get the link for that in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 193. Next news item from September 2014 was that Edison Research showed that podcasting is bigger than you think. Edison Research does some great research on media consumption and such, and they've got this new thing that they're doing called Share of Ear. It's one of their trademark sort of research pieces. And previously, they've said that, well, podcast consumption is about 1.7% of all audio consumption. And that sounds like a horribly small number. But in September, they did a more advanced study on that 1.7%. And what that number really means, that 1.7% represents all audio that's consumed That's not just of people who listen to podcasts, that they listen to 1.7% with all of their audio consumption. That's of a couple thousand people that were checked. How many of them listen to audio of any sort and how much of that audio is a podcast? That's where that 1.7% came from. So when Edison Research dug into this a little bit further, they discovered that actually 5% of people regularly consume podcasts. And what's really neat is of that 5% that regularly consume podcasts, they are about to consume more podcasts than AM, FM radio. Now, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, I don't even listen to the radio. This is just a representative thing. It's not representing all of the fringe aspects of this study, but it's the general research. And what they saw specifically was that podcast consumption among this 5%, podcast consumption represented 25.9% of audio consumed, and AM, FM radio represented 27.5%. Very, very close. I think that number, the next time that they update this study, that number might flip, where podcast consumption will be higher. And by the way, this is even higher than owned music Internet-only music, like streaming music, such as Pandora or Spotify, something like that, Sirius XM, TV music channels, and other things. Podcasts and AM, FM radio are the highest, with podcasts being number two in this 5%. So it's a really fascinating study, and it's even more interesting to see that people who consume podcasts are often consuming more audio content total than people who don't consume podcasts. And it's not very understandable because podcasts can be even more consumable, more accessible to people than radio. Just think about it. You can't listen to radio usually through your phone, but you can listen to a podcast through your phone. You may not be able to listen to radio. Well, you can't listen to radio when you're flying on an airplane but you can listen to a podcast that you've already downloaded when you're flying on an airplane. All of these cases where you can take a podcast, but you can't take broadcast radio. You certainly can't take something like satellite radio. 
There's a nice little five-minute video that I've embedded in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 193, where someone from Edison Research goes through this and explains it. I really recommend that you watch the video at least twice, because there's a lot of great information in this video to really digest. I think it's really encouraging for podcasting to see we've got some great growth potential, and the people who do listen to podcasts are hooked. They're staying not leaving the podcast industry. Next, in 2013, around the same time that iOS 8 was coming out and such, Apple raised the podcast cover art specifications for iTunes. And it's not very often that Apple updates the podcast specifications, but when they do, they usually do it for a reason. I did a whole episode about what your podcast cover art should contain. You can check that out. I have the link in the show notes for this. But In short, the way that the specifications are now written is that Apple recommends slash requires, which that alone is kind of weird because in one place they do say it must be, in another place it says to be featured it must be. So it sounds like it's both a recommendation and a requirement, but I'm going to say let's treat it like a requirement. But your podcast cover art must be a minimum of 1400 by 1400 pixels, and now they say a maximum of 2048 by 2048. If you can, I would suggest go ahead and update your cover art to that maximum. Don't just blow it up and make it blurry, but go back to the source and make it 2048 by 2048 so that it will be high resolution for whatever reason Apple might envision for why they raise the standard. Maybe it would be because of retina displays on a new iMac Maybe it's because of a new iPad, a larger iPad, anything like that. For whatever reason, it would look much better with your podcast cover art if it's 2048 by 2048, the maximum. And JPEG and PNG are still both accepted formats, but either one of these must be in the RGB color space. And this really makes a lot of sense because PNG can be really weird if you do anything other than a standard RGB color space. And JPEG in CMYK, which is possible, can also be a little bit weird at times. Like certain colors can look really wacky, especially greens can look really wacky if you save it in a CMYK. A lot of other things can be weird. So they recommend RGB color space for JPEG and PNG. Some people will say that it's just PNG must be in RGB color space, but I don't think the language in the specifications are saying that it only needs to be RGB for just PNG because they say JPEG and PNG in the RGB color space. I say it applies to both. I think it's a good practice to do it for both. That's a big thing, literally, for podcast cover art. And that's another news item from September 2014. Additionally, and this is, yes, a little bit self-promotional, but I think it is special for the podcasting space, I launched an affiliate program for my podcast reviews that allows you to make recurring income from referring people to a premium subscription at my podcast reviews. This allows you to make up to 20% of whatever your referrals monthly or annual subscription fee is. Refer more people and your percentage goes up. So you can check it out at mypodcastreviews.com slash affiliates, or I have the link in the show notes for this. And if you haven't seen my podcast reviews, I've got some really cool updates coming out for it. 
like Stitcher integration. There are other services out there, yes, where you can get your podcast reviews from iTunes, but a couple of these have dropped off the radar. My podcast reviews is still going, and it will be the first and only service that will send you your Stitcher reviews automatically. It's really cool. I'm really excited about it. That is launching this week. So if you want to send people to my podcast reviews and get some recurring income, then join the affiliate program. That's over at mypodcastreviews.com or the link is in the show notes for this episode number 193. Closing out with the month, three big things happened right on the last couple days of September. First was National Podcast Day, or it's now called International Podcast Day on September 30th. This was the first time that we did this, and it was a huge success. I wrote a blog post that contains some of the highlights of National Podcast Day, or now International Podcast Day, as it will be called from now on. And there were some amazing things during that time. I had a lot of fun live streaming an event where it was kind of like a ask me anything or just a sort of like a podcaster's roundtable, but we could talk about anything, including a couple people called in live while I was doing it and asked for some technical help. I loved sharing that. And because it was ask me anything, someone even basically said, what are your stats? And we talked about that. I showed them my stats compared to Stitcher downloads versus my podcast downloads and such. It was really cool. And I hope an informative conversation. You can check that out. I have a link to that post with those highlights in the show notes for this episode, number 193. I'm really excited about International Podcast Day next year because there will be a lot more that will support a global audience. The celebration will start ahead of time because Australia hits September 30th before America does. So there will be some great around-the-clock activities and some awesome things going on to celebrate podcasting. It was really cool to see podcasters and podcast consumers supporting Podcast Day on Twitter by using the official hashtag Podcast Day. And they were sharing sometimes behind the scenes information. Sometimes they were launching an episode specifically on that day or launching a podcast on that day. Other people were sharing what their favorite podcasts are. Other people were reviewing some of their favorite podcasts. It was a great day for podcasting. I'm really looking forward to International Podcast Day in 2015. That's September 30th of every year. You can go to internationalpodcastday.com for more information. On the same day, and very appropriate, Audacity 2.0.6 was released. If you don't use Audacity, that's okay. It's great software and it's free for audio editing. And 2.0.6 contains several small tweaks and bug fixes. I think if you like keyboard shortcuts, this update will be big for you because they completely revise the way that keyboard shortcuts are made. And it's a lot easier to find a command in order to assign a keyboard shortcut. Certain other updates are helpful, like chains can now include certain plugins and effects that weren't there before, then enhanced some of the plugins a little bit more. Electroncate Silence has now been enhanced a little bit with a side sort of feature to it. And some of the other plugins have been tweaked to work a little bit better, like Noise Removal has been tweaked to work better. And some other things that I think make Audacity much better. It's great to see that it's continuing to receive updates and now updates much more frequently than every couple of years or once a year. That's 
Audacity 2.0.6. You can download that and also get the link to the complete release notes of what's new in Audacity 2.0.6 in the show notes for this episode number 193. And then last but not least, you may say, well, this was an October thing, but it was actually decided in September and I learned about it in September. So I think it still counts. But Dave Jackson, host of School of Podcasting, go check him out, schoolofpodcasting.com, has been hired as the new director of podcasting for New Media Expo. I think that this is great for New Media Expo because it's previously been managed by Cliff Ravenscraft of Podcast Answer Man. And Cliff brought so much energy and brought podcasters back to New Media Expo after podcasters were feeling like New Media Expo was not friendly to podcasters. And that's under different names like Blog World and such in past years. But Cliff really brought podcasting back to New Media Expo. And Dave Jackson, I think, is the perfect guy to continue this for New Media Expo and manage the podcasting tracks. So he'll be the one deciding what sessions go in, what sessions unfortunately just won't fit. And he'll be great at this because he's so well-connected in the podcasting space. He's been podcasting about podcasting almost as long as podcasts have existed. He's very well-connected with some of the original podcasters as well as current-day podcasters. He has a great grasp on the podcasting space. He is such a friendly guy, too. He is a lot of fun to hang out with and to talk to. He is a perfect person for this job. I'm really glad to see him taking over the position as director of podcasting for New Media Expo. And here is something that he said. This is in a blog post that New Media Expo did release in October, October 2nd, 2014. But Dave Jackson said, I've watched this expo grow over the years and every year New Media has a bigger footprint with a greater impact. I'm looking forward to expanding our world by being side by side with NAB this year. I'm going to continue the tradition of bringing the best content by the top speakers as we all take advantage of the global opportunities that are provided by new media. I'm beyond excited and look forward to working with everyone to make this the best new media expo ever. Big congratulations, Dave Jackson. I'm really glad that you got this position. I'm really excited to see where the podcasting track goes with New Media Expo and the involvement with Podcast Awards and all of this really exciting stuff. So please give a nice congratulations to Dave Jackson and also don't give him a hard time because yes, he's going to have to disappoint some people to say that I'm sorry your session just doesn't fit in with New Media Expo. Speaking of podcasting sessions, the registration is now open that you can submit a session for New Media Expo. So go to the link in the show notes for this episode number 193 and you can get that link to submit your own session. I've submitted I think five or six different sessions. I'm a big fan of New Media Expo and now I've finally decided and this was a very hard decision. I've been trying to think if you could only go to one podcasting conference in 2015 which conference would that be? Podcast Movement or New Media Expo? It's really hard because both conferences serve great communities. And here's something I would say before I give my actual recommendation. 
If you want to hang out with other podcasters and really feel like you're part of a community and get that great energy vibe from other podcasters, then I think Podcast Movement would be the place to go because that is a conference by podcasters, for podcasters, all about podcasting. So everyone there is a podcaster or is going to be a podcaster probably. So it's a lot of fun to be there. If you want to learn more about podcasting or learn beyond just podcasting space, learning how to really amp things up and how to be amazing in more than just your podcasting, like how to integrate social media, how to integrate blogging, and also get to participate in things like the podcast awards or see awesome equipment and be inspired by what's visible at New Media Expo and the National Association of Broadcasters, then I recommend you attend New Media Expo. But if you could only attend one conference in 2015, then it's a very, very close tie. But I would say that one place to go would be New Media Expo. And my reason for that is because I think being alongside NAB will be amazingly inspirational. There will be so many great things there that, yes, you won't afford, but that you'll be inspired by them to see, oh, that's how they're setting up a cool video set. Oh, that's how they're connecting that kind of stuff together. Oh, that's what kind of equipment is available to do this particular thing. So it would be a great place to be inspired. And also there's great content there. A lot of stuff that's for bloggers can also work for podcasters. A lot of stuff that's for podcasters can also work for what New Media Expo is calling web TV people, YouTubers, basically. A lot of the stuff really works together with each other. So I think that New Media Expo gives an even broader view for podcasting. So you can learn about stuff like search engine optimization for your website or learn more about how to use Pinterest, not just how to use Pinterest for your podcast, but how to use Pinterest, period. And from that, you can figure out ways to help grow your podcast or your business or just participate as a hobby. So New Media Expo is my top recommendation, but it's a very, very close tie. And I will be attending both New Media Expo and Podcast Movement because I really love both of these conferences. I'm looking forward to meeting you there and I will be hosting meetups at both of these events in 2015. So I'll be sharing more details about that with my email list when that's available closer to the events. So some great stuff from the podcasting space in September 2014. This certainly doesn't cover all of the news items in 2014. And there were some items that have happened recently that aren't quite in September. So I can't really include them. Maybe I'll talk about them next month and some other things like the Adam Corolla lawsuit and other stuff going on. But I'd love to hear from you what you thought of some of these highlights and what else you thought were highlights from September 2014 involving this podcasting space. So please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 193. I've got one announcement for you, and this is I want your help. This is free for you to do, and I think it will really benefit you and benefit all of the other listeners, is please send me your questions that you want me to ask John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire in my upcoming 200th episode. I'm going to be asking him the blunt, 
straightforward, no holds barred, whatever other metaphor you want to use, I'm going to be asking him these big, hard-hitting questions about his success, about his podcast, about how he does things. So if there's something that you would like to know, even if you feel like, I don't think it would be very nice for me to ask that question, or that's not something, that's probably too private to know. As long as it's about podcasting and about the business that John Lee Dumas has formed behind his podcast, please send those questions. Email them to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and make sure in the subject line, you include the letters JLD, that's for John Lee Dumas. Put that in the subject line that helps me filter it out a bit easier for finding those questions. I'm really looking forward to this. To give you an idea, some of the questions I'm going to ask John is stuff like, okay, John, you quit your job. How much money did you actually have to live off of when you quit your job? What were your monthly living expenses that you had to reach in order to live off your podcast? How long did it take you to get a sponsor? How much money did you make from that sponsorship? How much money do you make now from podcast sponsorships? How are you negotiating these things? How many people do you have in Podcasters Paradise? All of these kinds of questions, stuff that I think would be helpful. Yes, I know John Lee Dumas is kind of like a different level of success from many of us, but one of the other things is I'll be asking him the things that help us understand how he got that success. Like what makes John Lee Dumas different from you or me, because he is very different. He does not stop. He will not quit. He is an extreme go-getter, and I'm not like that. So I know I can't have the exact same kind of success as John does. I can have my own kind of success. So I'm hoping for this conversation to be inspirational, for it to be educational, and for it to be, in a way, a healthy dose of reality for what kind of success is possible but how much hard work it can take to reach that success. And you can then interpolate that into your own situation. So please email your questions, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and put in the subject line the letters JLD. I'd also love to hear from you your other questions about podcasting and what I can cover in episodes of The Audacity to Podcast to help you launch or improve your podcast. So please email me, the same address, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221, or go to the website, theaudacitypodcast.com, and send a voice message right through the website on your computer or iOS device. I also love helping podcasters improve what they're doing or start podcasting or maybe fixing problems too. So if you have something like that, that you'd like to hire me to consult with you one-on-one, help you out setting something up for your podcast, whatever your podcasting needs are, I'd love to work for you. You can find my contact information for that and the form to submit over at theaudacitypodcast.com. Please remember to comment on the show notes and get the links for this episode that I mentioned over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 193. Tell me what stood out to you in September 2014 in the podcasting space, and let's continue this conversation. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. 
Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.